never know, homie. Let me some hoes, homie. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. My homie Molly stay sending Hello, everybody. And welcome back to the five. Tool podcast with Seamus. Yellow. The Butcher, that's me. Black Josh. Black Josh is not with us today. It's his daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Elizabeth. And. Killer Kyle. What up, sisters? Hey. We're back. In action. Five Tool. Coming at you twice a week. Like, share, subscribe, review on all major platforms. We're everywhere. Send money, send nudes. That's our motto. We got a lot to talk about today. Killer Kyle, want to do me a solid? Yeah. Want to read off the headlines for the people? Hey. Headlines. Alright. So, I'm going to need your notes too, but... Um, baseball winter meetings going down. We have some uh, big contracts that have been signed, obviously. If you've been paying attention, Garrett Cole signed a nine-year deal worth $324 million with the New York Yankees, which is a lot of money. Um, <laughs> that's just... I mean, good God, that's a lot of money. He's making more than Trout to pitch every five days. He's making more than the... <laughs> nice fart. <laughs> I hope we got that on here. Seamus! Seamus! <laughs> uh, Rendon. What's his first name? Is it Anthony? Anthony Rendon. Anthony seven Rendon. years. With 245. The, with the Anaheim Angels, who uh, are instantly better now. Much better. Yeah. And I think Mike Trout's very happy about that deal. Thank God. Didi, what's his last name? Gregorius, one year with the Phillies. Say that again. Gregorius. Gregorius. Didi Gregorius. He's not very pretty. <laughs> can't say that dude's name. He signed a one-year contract with the Philadelphia the Phillies. The Phils. And there is a lot more to come, we are sure. The Brewers actually picked up a pitcher who has pitched in the Korean League the last three years, Josh Lindblom. Lindblom. He was the MVP of the KBO last year. A pitcher was the MVP of the KBO last year, and he will now... Sounds like a knockout. (laughs) KBO. KBO. Yeah. I think that's a great, great signing, and we got him for three years on nine point nine and a... Nine and an eighth. It was like nine point one two five million for three years. So we're roughly paying a guy three, three million a year. He's gonna be a starter. It sounds like he had a two forty ERA, I believe, last year. And yeah, like I said, he was the he was the MVP of the KBO. Just like the Eric Thames deal, this is gonna quietly be a really, really good addition to the Brewers. I think. Seamus, tell me what you think about Limbaugh. Um, I actually I agree with you. I think this is gonna be a really, really good signing. Um. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we've. I'm not sure what it is that we've got going on. But lately, it seems that we've had a really good eye on players in the international leagues. Um, and I, I think, you know, Limbaugh when he was here, he. I think he played for the Pirates. I mean, he wasn't he all did. that much to write home about. He played for like four or five years. different teams. But. Once he went, once he went over to Korea, he he played very very well, and I I don't know what it is about guys that go over there. They they 
I don't know if they find the fountain of youth or what it is, but they come back here and and they've really found a way to put it together whatever it was that they were kind of running low on. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people that are questioning this move at the at the moment. Um, I I think it's a really solid pickup. Yeah, I think this is a topic maybe we should touch on really in depth at some point as as players going over to Korea and going over to Japan. It's become a very popular thing for players to do, and I think Eric Thames is one of the the, the pioneers in this with this sort of thing. And I think the idea is rather than getting going to the signing a minor league deal with somebody, I mean you're you're, you're playing professional like top-level players in a different country. So, yeah, it's not necessarily the quality of player you get out here to play against, but I think you get your, your time to shine, which means you're getting more played appearances. You're, you're, you're facing maybe a... a you, you're, without having the pressure of scouts here, you know, kind of honing in on you, you go over there Absolutely. and you can be a bigger success and you can hone your craft a little better. And I think, and it's probably more fun than playing in fucking Toledo. You know what I mean? The stories it, you get to go home with, yeah. I'm sure, are really good. Yeah, and you, I think it's a lot less pressure than trying to do it in the minor leagues and then getting sent to double A and single A if you're trying to work on your swing or if you're trying to work on your curveball. And, it, and I, mean, I mean, Eric Thames was known as the Babe Ruth of Korean baseball. Like, he was the king. He went over on the, there on the Mass Singer and won it because, like, I mean, he's just the guy out there. Like, they know his face the way we know, you know, Mike Trout's face or Aaron Rodgers' face out there. That's how Eric Thames is out there, and that's how this Limbaum guy was in the KBO. And so I, it's, it's freaking genius, actually. And I think that he's going to come here, and, and, yeah, I'm glad the Brewers have had an eye on this talent that's go, and the, the, the players that are out there because we're saving a lot of money, which gives these guys who go there and come back a better chance to get a starting role because, I mean, if you shine out there, you're going to get a chance to shine out here, at least to a, to a point, I think. Absolutely. Josh Limbaum's record last year was 20-3. and three. That's insane. He pitched a 20-game win season. He had an ERA of somewhere around 2.5. I think it was, on, yeah, just under 2.5. For the whole year. Uh, his stat line for, as a pitcher was really attractive and... I'm surprised that we don't hear other major league teams picking up on this because obviously this is the second big signing the Brewers have done in recent memory outside of Eric Thames where they think outside the box with their signings Mm -hmm. and grab one of these guys who play in one of these foreign leagues, which the Eric Thames deal turned out to be pretty, pretty productive for them. Yeah, very cheap. And very productive. He gave and they us, got a good guy at first base for a couple years. Yeah, and he, I think, I mean, his defense got better over the years. We don't need to get too much into Eric Thames, but I've noticed, I mean, if you, if you look, there's a lot of, there's quite a few players who are going to the Japan leagues, the Korean leagues, uh, and instead of, instead of playing around in the minors here and trying to get a deal and trying to get playing time. So, I mean, props to David Stearns for thinking outside the box, and he could be a pioneer in this, in this right. We might see a lot more of that happening in the, in the recent future. So is he going to start or be a reliever? That's, that's one of my big questions. What I'm hearing, I think he's going to be a starter. I think he's going to be a starter, too, and I think that's the right move because we need starters, like obviously. Like a fourth or fifth? Perhaps, unless he shines, you know? Unless he shines. Yeah. That that I think will be determined come come once once they get a chance to really see him at spring training. The beauty of it I, is, I, I mean, no one's really got tape on the guy right now. Other than, I mean, obviously they're going to have the KBO tape, and anytime you don't have tape on a guy, they're going to get a they're going to have that advantage. And I mean, we see that with 
position players all the time, you know, if a guy doesn't have tape on him or, or pitchers. I mean, you'll see their their first or second year they'll be they'll do really well and then maybe have they'll have to change up their game a little bit. But I think I I hate I'm I wanna say this the Limbaum is gonna be a big piece for the twenty twenty season for the Brewers. We hope so. I really do think that that's going to be the case. Um, Jose Peraza? Peraza, the Red Sox. Signed a deal with the Red Sox as well. We got can't leave that out. It's not a, it's not a huge signing, but Jose Peraza was a, a very serviceable player for the Reds the last two years. Last year, he did get sent down in August, had some troubles at the plate, but... What what do you think about that's that? Aaron Hernandez jersey. You can't have an okay. Sorry, we got the Jets game on right now, the Thursday night football, and someone's waving an Aaron Hernandez Beautiful. jersey. Oh lord, let's keep out of that. R.I.P. We're not we're not going Hernandez right now. I want Seamus. I want to know what you think about the Peraza deal. If that if that's anything that you're excited about as a Red Sox fan. Not really. Not really. Um, I I think he's. I, I want to say, was this a major league deal? I because I I was this a major league or a minor league deal? I think it's a, a major league deal. It, it, I think it is, but he'll probably spend a lot of time in the minors. I mean, you have your left side of the field intact. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long it's, off season. I mean, if if you're putting him on the bench, twenty six men roster now. You know, if if he's if he's going to be out riding a pine pony and he's going to be coming off situationally, it. Adding a little bit of extra is never bad, regardless of what team does it. But I mean, it it's it's not a game changer. Not at all. But he so. could be. I think he could be a utility guy too. If 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 somebody goes down on your left side, if Xander goes down, perhaps, or you know what I mean. Oh but, yeah. Butcher, Seamus. We also had some. Uh, we saw the commissioner, Rob Manfred, in the winter meetings. And there has been some changes to the actual game um, that are going to make a big difference. Minor league players will no longer be tested for marijuana. Yes. That's, How about that? That's huge. And I think a, a lot of that's from the Tyler Skaggs thing. is Because they are going to be testing mandatory for opioids now, which is something, of course, they should be doing. But they're not going to be suspending players for opioids, per se. They're going to be... They're going to be getting these guys treatment if they are on opioids. Of course, Tyler Skaggs died last season, mid-season, of an opioid overdose. It's tragic. Very tragic. And, and, and instead, of, instead of the stigma, everybody rallied around him and like showed a lot of support. It was one of the most beautiful parts about the 2019 season to me. It was, it's, it really shows a turning point in, in our national view of opioid dependence. I don't want to cut you off. But that game that his mom threw the first pitch at, mm-hmm. there were so many eerie coincidences like, yeah. that happened. Like the they pitched a no hitter. Yeah, it was like a, like a thirteen nothing game. Right. Um, there was a lot of like correlation with the game and and his number and his stat. Like it was very eerie, it, <laughs> but in a good way. It was everything. You know, about it brought that? it brought. Uh, some light to his it it brought some meaning to his life you mm-hmm. know after death definitely so. and i love i love that the stigma about opioid dependence is going away in general i mean and just to see the team rally around him they all wore his number for a game he and did, they wore yeah. they wore the patch for the rest of the year um and yeah so yeah for a while for quite a while now major league players 
have not been tested for marijuana. They're allowed to smoke if they want to, which is which is great. But now finally that's that's happening in the minor leagues and they're keeping a closer eye on opioid use, which is which is great. That's a, that's a positive step for the game. So not only was that and and we're I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm all for the pot. Like yeah. I, I don't have a problem with marijuana. Not one bit. Um, I I think it is very therapeutic for a lot of players and people in society in general, and I'm all for it. Um, I feel like if I was a major league player, I wouldn't be smoking pot during the season. I mean, just for reaction time purposes, it honestly. Be, it would be tough. It'd be tough, but hey, guys used to drink. I mean, hey, uh, Doc, what's his name in the in the '80s with uh, with the Pirates threw a no hitter on LSD. He had seven walks oh, and hit so a couple right. batters, but he had a no-hitter on LSD, which is one of the greatest baseball stories ever. There is a documentary on it. I believe It was on Netflix. I believe it's still on Netflix. It was called No-No. I highly recommend it for, for every listener out there. Watch the documentary No-No. It's brilliant. Very good. There's also going to be... So the Brewers re-signed Alex Claudio uh, to a deal. I can't honestly remember. One I think it was deal. a one-year deal. One-year deal. Um, the thing, Alex Claudio was a was a guy you could depend on. Huge he innings played, eater, right? He played a lot of games last year. Second most innings of anybody on the team behind Junior Guerra. Solid left-handed pitcher, um, but he council brought him in on situational um, innings. So when they needed a left-handed pitcher, now uh, Major League Baseball has made a new rule um, stating that. Each pitcher has to pitch a three batter, batter minimum. minimum. Now, this is something that was instituted in the minor leagues last year and was was used and fairly successful. Now, the, the rule does have exceptions for it's a three batter minimum, or I believe you can come in and finish an inning. I think is what it is. Two, Seamus, do you know the the details of the rule? I do not. But yeah, the three they're going to institute the three batter minimum. Um, for baseball, how do you feel about that? What do you What do you think? It's is it going to screw up everything? About the three, um, I don't know. I mean, there there are some guys that the phrase "situational pit pitcher" is very much a legit thing. But even with Claudio, yeah, he was originally brought up to to be situational. But last year, they found out that he did pretty good against hitters on both sides of the plate and I think a lot of players, a lot of pitchers are starting to really work on being able to pitch to batters on both sides. Yeah, and they're going to have so to now. I don't I don't really have a problem with a three batter minimum. I don't either. I, I it's, it's changing the sanctity of the game or whatever but it, I think it actually will Proved to speed up the game quite a bit. So Robert uh, Roger Goodell, when he became the commissioner of the National Football League, came in and made a lot of changes. Um, the extra, for example, the extra point moved from the two yard line to the fifteen yard line. Overtime used to be fifteen minutes. Now it's ten minutes. It seems like Rob Manfred is doing the same. Is on the same wavelength. He's doing a lot of tweaking to the game per se and I am on the fence about it now I don't 
I don't know if it's really necessary. It seems a little extra to me to, you know, make it mandatory that a pitcher faces three batters. Like, to, to me, as a casual baseball fan, I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? You know, if you have, you know, a 25-man roster and 13 pitchers on your roster, you know, if you want to waste one of your pitchers for a third of an inning, that's on you. But then you weren't going to have him the rest of the game. That's on the team. Right. And I kind of have the mindset that it should be it should be the team's call, the manager's call more so than the commissioner throwing his dick on the table and saying this is what it's going to be. I I mean, I agree. It, it, to me, I'd rather have it I'd rather not do the three batter minimum, but I'm not mad about it. I mean, the, the idea behind it is to speed up pace of play because for some reason Roger Goodell still thinks that's the most the biggest problem that we're facing. Rob Manfred. Right, yeah. Rob, Rob Manfred still thinks that that's the biggest problem that Major Leagues is facing if the games are too long. But me personally, have a five-hour game. I don't care, especially if I'm buying a ticket. I want to be at the ballpark for five hours because there's really nowhere I'd rather be. Right, you, it's fun. What do you think, Seamus? I, I, I agree with you there. Um, I personally like just like you, Butch. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'm not necessarily 100 percent for it. I think it does. Um, I think it does take away from the a certain level of the psychology of the game. Um, but I also think you're going to see a lot less pitchers be worn out later in the season. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's important too. I want I'm I'm actually surprised they they did this rule before they did the twenty uh, second between pitches rule that they've been doing in the minor leagues. But maybe they decided that this this rule was more effective than the twenty seconds in between pitches rule. I also think one one rule if they really want to speed up and and to force batters to get in there is uh one they could do is limit the number of times a batter can step out of the box. Like sometimes these guys are. That's, a, that's I like that. Sometimes yeah. these batters are stepping out five, six times. Brian, <laughs> Um way too much, and, and you know, forcing to stay in. Well, there. Ryan Braun's bringing drugs to the plate, so he's got to step out to you know hide a quick bump before he takes a swing. <laughs> We're gonna get in trouble for this at some point. Well, Ryan Braun being on Adderall. Call our bluff. It's true. <laughs> the man is high all the time. Um, we're. Alright, so yeah, we all kind of agree on the three batter minimum. We don't we don't none of us here really seem to care. We agree on Ryan Braun being high. We we agree on Ryan Braun being an Adderall, I think. <laughs> um couple other headlines. Uh one I want to bring up uh, we we're gonna come off baseball. Uh the Bucks fifteen in a row sixteen in a row? Sixteen. Sixteen in a row and they won the last one without Giannis. Talk about that, uh, Kyle for us. Kayla Kyle. Bucks beat the Pelicans last night at Pals. the Forum. Now, they didn't have Zion. They haven't had Zion Williamson all year. He's their number one uh, draft. Yeah, this cat is. <laughs> we have a cat where I live. <laughs> Shout out to my sister, Carrie. She's a sweetheart. And her cat, Precious, is just <laughs> nuts. Not Precious at all. She buys her drugs from Ryan Braun. Anyway, um, the, the Bucks played the Pelicans last night at the Pfizer Forum. Giannis sat out. He quote-unquote, had an injured quad muscle. I think it was our version of load management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but either way, um, nationally televised game and the Bucks 
I don't I don't think the Pelicans ever had a lead at any point of the game last night. Uh, the Bucks dominated um, as a team. This is the most put together team in the NBA. Um, the Lakers share the same record at twenty two and three. Um, both the Bucks and Lakers have that record. They're at the top of their um, respective conferences. Respective conferences. Um, uh, but the Lakers don't have so two totally different teams. The Bucks are very team orientated. Um, for one, we have shooters. Mm-hmm. We have big shooters. Eric Bledsoe had twenty nine points last night. He was five of six behind the three point line. He was hitting everything. Chris Middleton, who's supposed to be your number two, had twenty one points, I believe. Um, didn't look the greatest, but he still put up a good game. George Hill. Had a big game. Uh, Kyle Korver's knocked out threes. Ersan Ilyasova, who started for Giannis last night, had a really good game. Um, so now the streak's at 16. When is it going to end? I mean, I don't... They could... I mean, it, you could lose at any given day. Here's the thing. I was watching the Pulse game last night, and they were interviewing Kyle Korver, and they were. he was just, like, so unfazed with the whole win streak. They're like, we're just taking this one day at a time. We're just coming here to work. We don't really care about wins and losses. Like, we're just coming out here and trying to be the best team we can be that night. Um, But they pass the ball so well. The chemistry is off the charts with this team. Really, like, it got to a point, like, I'm watching the game last night, and I had to turn it off. And it's like, yeah, Bucks won, won this. Like, this game is not interesting anymore. Um, Because you know they're going to win. It is early. We're only a quarter of the season through. So we we don't want to get our hopes too high. At least I don't as a a Bucks fan. Um, But this team, this team's got something really special. And I think the the record is 20 games in a row. Uh, The 71 Bucks put 20 games in a row. I think they have the capacity to surpass 20 games in a row. They do have the Lakers coming up next week. That might be a preview of the NBA championship. Could be. I hope Davis and LeBron play. I want to see both teams at full fucking strength. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, this team's really good. We we are not worthy. As we are good. not worthy. We're, Just like with... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, We're not worthy. We are seeing something unbelievable. And I, I, I don't see an outcome... Where you don't put the Bucks in the finals this year, I just don't see it. I don't see any other team in the East that. I said this last year too, and it didn't work. But I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Bucks fan, and I so I'm very biased. But I'm proud of what they're doing, and it's it's very exciting. It's unbelievable. Another. I want to stick with the NBA just for a little bit longer before we move on. Um, and this is another thing I'm proud of the Bucks for. So, the NBA, being the trailblazing organization that it is, doing something no, no, none of the big four have done yet, which is the prison games. Yeah. So the Bucks are going to be putting on a show at correctional facilities, which is freaking awesome. It's it's to promote. It's to show guys in prison. Basically, what the statement said is to show guys in prison. You know, the if you if you work hard and you you stay on the right path. Like cool, amazing things can happen, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of just to 
to showcase to prisoners, you know, life outside and like uh, what what great things can be accomplished for men. And I think it's a really cool thing. Seamus, what do you think about playing for prisoners? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's you like it. Well, I it's it's different. Um, and I, this is. This isn't the same kind of a situation, but I, my music department when I was in college, we went on, when we went on our winter tour, we performed in a correctional facility. So, but it wasn't basketball, not professional athletes, but it was, it was, it was a little weird for me. So I, I, I can see it, and yeah, I agree that it does. Just kind of like I guess it did when when I did that. It, it shows them that there are options. Um. The proof is is going. I mean, you can do all the programs in the world. The proof is going to be how many of them take it to heart. Yeah, if, people take it, if, if if inmates take it to heart and then they do something with it, then it's a it's a resounding success, and the NBA can put a notch in their belt. Yeah, I don't. If, if it goes sideways, it's going to be a really short experiment. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to really quantify the success of. Of the program, I mean, of course, if somebody gets hurt, then it's definitely going to get the plug pulled on it, and it's never going to happen again, probably. But I mean, I mean, there's USO shows for the troops, you know, there's stuff for the kids, and I really think it's ballsy and very cool of the NBA to do such a it's, thing. And it's humbling. It's humbling. Um, yes, it's very humbling for the NBA, and it's a chance for them, these players, to give back. Um, you know, there's there are a lot of men in in the in the system in general um, that are probably doing more punishment than they deserve. Um, and everybody deserves a second chance and everybody deserves another chance in my mind. So to have the high caliber NBA, you know, the fucking National Basketball Association come into these institutions and programs and put on a clinic for guys and interact with these guys, uh, that's pretty fucking awesome. It could be hugely inspiring. And whether or not, we, I mean, like I said, I don't think you can quantify the success of it, but it's, it's humbling. Like you said, it's humbling of the NBA, and it's a really big thing to do. I think it's one of my favorite things I've, I've heard of in quite a while in sure. terms of one of the big four sports doing something for their communities. I think it's, it's, a very good, it's a very good thing. And, I mean, Johnny Cash did it for the Prisoners. Yeah, good old Folsom, the Folsom, Folsom County Blues. Yeah, he went in there and he had a good time and he he enjoyed it and and it made his career and and it helped his career. Launched and it. it and I mean it. Well, he did it twice. He did Folsom and San Quentin. San Quentin, right. I love the San Quentin yep. song. Um, but geez, what was I going to say? Uh, it's it's it it just kind of shows. I mean, a lot of these guys in the NBA and major sports, they're. They were one bad mistake away from being in prison themselves, a lot of them. And, and, it, it, and, I mean, it shows. I mean, Antonio Brown, I mean, he's a poor example, but he was living on the streets at 16 years old. I mean, so a lot of people wonder what's wrong with that guy. Well, he was living on the streets. He didn't have the greatest upbringing. And a lot of players in the NBA, MLB, I mean, and, and all these major sports, I mean, we're, all of us, we're all one mistake away from being in there too. And it's a very humbling thing, and I think it's very important, and it's a very... Very cool program that the NBA is going to be putting on. I'm very proud of them for it. Um, right. Moving on, 
We have a couple of things we can speculate about in, in terms of the winter meetings for baseball, Moving, bringing it back to baseball. There's been some talk, and there was a report last night that turned out to be false that perhaps uh, Madison Bumgarner, this is one we've been speculating about, oh, is, yeah. could possibly be landing a deal with the Brewers. It sounds like they're in talks with him right now. We've seen a tweet that has no real source. We saw a report on Fox 6 that had no real source. But what do we think? Uh, Seamus, what do you think the... What do you think it would look like to have Madison Bumgarner as a Brewers pitcher in the rotation? Um, I actually, I think, I'm a fan of it. I'm in favor of it. Yeah, he's he's older, he's getting up there, but at the same time, he can still throw. Um, and he, he can last a season. So he's got the durability. Um, Miller Park being a hitter's park, he can hit too. Um, I, I'm not saying that he's going to be the top of our rotation, but he's going to be probably in the top three in the rotation. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him come to Milwaukee. Do we know how old Madison Baumgartner is? Lou's 35, I believe. He's he's old. He's old, but he had a great year last year, and there's. He's one of those guys that's just a competitor. Wherever he goes, he's going to be doing. He's going to be putting in his best work. He's going to be putting in the training. He's going to be putting putting in the work with the catchers. And he's a he's an old school kind of guy. He don't like the bat flips. He'll char, he'll charge you if you got a bat flip on him. If you hit a home run off him. And the one thing that I kind of worry about of maybe he won't want to come to Milwaukee because of the fact it's a hitter's park. He's had the benefit of playing in San Francisco, where they're finally moving up the walls this year because it's such a not a hitter's park, um, but wherever he goes, he's going to give you his best. And the worst of Madison Bumgarner is a sub four ERA, I think. And I don't think he's going to play if he thinks he's past his prime. But unfortunately, I think he's going to want a couple years. I don't think he's going to want to go on. I mean, if you make the trade, he's going to want to get a deal. So for me, which is weird, one I. He had the Brewers in a no-trade clause, he did. didn't he? He did, last so, year, yeah. does he even want to come to Milwaukee? I don't necessarily think so. But maybe because we have Christian Yelich in his prime, and we have guys like Keston Hira, Brandon Woodruff, um, we have some good talent, like maybe that might be attractive enough. Um, for me, my I. The money has got to be right. The money's got to make sense to bring in a, a pitcher as like Madison Bumgarner. You can't, you can't, you know, spend your whole allowance on him. To me, he would be either a three, four, five pitcher. I don't see him being a top two. Um, on the Brewers, you'd have to be. You'd hope not. You'd hope not, he's, but what do you got? Woodruff, and then you put Madrid Bum too. Old though, he's but he so, has he's him being old is better than any pitcher we have. I'm afraid that he's effective. he. I'm afraid. He's I'm afraid he's losing juice in the arm, and I I just so we've brought in guys like Randy Wolf, Jeff Supon, Matt Garza. You know, we Those bring... are a different caliber than Mad Bum, though. Those guys were back-end rotation guys before they got here. Mad Bum's a Hall of Famer. I I don't know. I'm nervous about it. I think if you can get him for a good price, 
and I he wants he to come here. I think he could do it. He's got to want to come here. I, I wouldn't bring in a player that doesn't want to be in this culture. I think that psyche alone could affect a lot. Um, if he can get him at a good veteran cheap price, of course, throw him in there. It's Madison Bumgarner. The guy's pitched in World Series, you know. MVP. MVP of the World Series. You know, they've thrown parades for him. He would be a good asset and a good pitcher to have in your back pocket, but I, I just think it's it's got to be for the right price. I think you can spend money in so many other places, um, and we let's face it, we need more than one pitcher. Well, we I, I think the Limblom deal. I think you almost have your rotation if you add he, Mad We Bum. got him at a good price. We did. That's why you have money open to get another pitcher, and you need another one. Do you, you? Need to get a couple? Yes. Do you? So you got Woody, you got Mad Bum. I think Suter is good enough. Okay. Um, Could he be like Corbin Burns? Freddie Peralta. Wait, Brett Suter is not proven in the starting starting lineup. But this is this is the he's, he hasn't given us any reason not to think so though either. Neither did Corbin Burns last year, and he was terrible. Freddie Peralta's on the upswing. We're not talking about Corbin Burns. We're never bringing him up on the podcast again. And then who would your fifth be? So maybe you do need one more. But I, I almost think, I think we're close if we get mad bum. But the reality of it is, he's going to be a Dodger. So we'll just stop talking about that. <laughs> hey, hey. He's going to the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, they can have Ryan Braun while we're at it, too. <laughs> I've, we've been, I've been trying to give Ryan Braun to the Dodgers for five years now. Just he just won't go. Ryan Braun this podcast. And he wants to play in LA too. What's that? I said, and he wants to play in yeah, LA. That's we, the thing that really messes up my head. Yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't want to be a Milwaukee. We all know Ryan Braun wants to be a Dodger. Right. So that's a that that Mad Bum talk is fun, but I really do think because because the Dodgers haven't made their big splash and they they try to do one every off season, I feel like he's going to go to the Dodgers. Yeah, it's all speculation right now. It's all speculation. Yeah, we don't we haven't heard any firm reporting on like any confirmed even offers to Madison Bumgarner. So it's it's all up in the air. But I for one welcome Madison Bumgarner with open arms, and I'd be happy to put him at the top of the rotation sure. because he's never given me any. What's that? As do I. I've never seen any reason not to put Madison Bumgarner at the top of a rotation. The day he gives me a reason not to, I'd say yes. You'll probably see it this year. It could happen, but I've seen that guy do amazing things. Uh, past tense. He was amazing last year. He's made amazing tense. every year. Right. He's a Hall of Famer. I want a Hall of Famer. Okay, another another big speculative uh, thing that we've been seeing a lot of is that the Yankees are in talks with Josh Hader. Seamus... Who do you want from the Yankees for Josh Hader? Do you have any idea? I I don't even know what they have available. My um, my my best one that I found was James Paxton. I think if we're if we're gonna give up our the, the best reliever in the National League last year, I think you ha- we have to go high and we either have to get I know the Yankees have farms, so I think you get some arms from for the far our farm system to help build it up, or you get a James Paxton. You get someone who can start right now who had, I believe, in the, between a 330 and a 340 ERA last year. He was like 15-8. and eight. Had a really good, pretty damn good season by our accounts. 
Maybe not necessarily by what the Yankees want, but I mean that's I'd welcome a guy who's got a three forty ERA who's going fifteen and eight in the year. I'd welcome it. Uh, Killer Kyle, what do you think? Um, it's tough. So Josh Hader had a a rocky go um, towards the beginning of the second half of the season last year, and I I recall a press conference where he was really shook up. Um, he had a bad stretch where. Batters were just taking him to town. He was giving up home run ball after home run ball. Um, but he picked it up towards... Jets. He picked it up towards uh, the end of the year. The thing... He was a Packer. Ficken. Sam Ficken, their kicker. Sam Ficken he just almost, freaking missed it. He almost replaced uh, Crosby this year. Anyway, um, here's the thing. It's Josh Hader. Josh Hader has made a name for himself... Um, we were all MLB first team. Yeah, he's one of the two relievers on there. He's he was the best reliever in the National League the last two years. He is a rock. He, I I personally, I do. I want to see him stay with Milwaukee. I like Josh Hader. I, I think he, and if he develops another pitch, oh good God, he's gonna be deadly. But yeah, so I'm not. I'm not a fan of seeing him going anywhere. Definitely not a fan of him going to the Yankees. I despise the Yankees. I'm not a fan of them spending a ton of money um, to buy a championship, which they're starting to do. They haven't done this in a while. I get it, but they're they're trying to buy a championship this year, and they're trying to steal Hater. It's the it's the classic Big Brother versus. Little brother, the Yankees are the the ones with the money. The Brewers are in the small market, and they're trying to bully us to take them. And I don't, I'm not, I don't want that to happen. I I would rather we keep Hater. He's valuable. It's not gonna happen. It's, I'm pretty sure it's a foregone. Conclusion. I hope not. I'm pretty sure it's a foregone conclusion that. I would like to think David Stearns is smarter than that. I but if you can get if we can build the farm a little bit and get a guy who can play right now. I'd, I'd welcome it, unfortunately. It would be interesting to see what type of player players the Yankees would be willing to give up for Hater. They want to win now, so I could see them giving up some farm. Like, the Yankees are sick of... They could of, use some farm. But, could. I just... Some AAA-level players? I'd hate to see him in pinstripes. I'd hate to see it, too, but I think he'd be happy, too. I think Hater wants the best for himself, and I, if, if that means he's going to be Yankee. I think, I think the day that we said that everyone's on the table except for Christian Yelich was the day that... We started hearing offers for Hater, and I'm pretty sure it hasn't stopped. Yeah, isn't that weird? That we talked out. about that, and then now we're starting to hear that. Yeah, I I think I have to get a haircut if he goes if he goes to New York. Yeah, yeah, he he will not be as pretty as he is now. That could be a deal breaker. We never know. Uh, well, then he's gonna go somewhere else. I, I mean, really don't. You got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Hater staying with the Brewers, unfortunately, just because he's out there and there's too much value to get from him right now, and. And, I mean, you could say Grisham lost the game. You could say Hater helped lose the fucking wild You're damn game. right. And devil's advocate is that, you know, it's Josh Hater. But then again, if you look at his numbers, I mean, granted, there has been there were some dingers. But You're never going to get a higher value for him than right now. That is very true. That is very true. Another one I'm going to... We're going to keep on the baseball talk just a little bit longer, I think. Well, I mean, we'll, we still will for a while, but... uh. There's been talks about perhaps either either Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo 
going to the Brewers in a deal. Seamus, if you could have one of those guys, I think we all know who we're all going to pick here, but which which of those two guys would you rather have on the team? We have holes on both sides of the field. Um, they got a hole the size of a mile there. I, I'm probably going to surprise you. I, I, I'll take Rizzo. Well, tell wow. us. Tell us why. I want to hear it. I love this. Um, part of it's a little bit of bias. Javi bias? He, he was originally a product of the Red Sox system. Um, but I just... They're both good players. I, there's just something about Rizzo and the way that he plays in Milwaukee that I like better than Bryant at Miller Park. That's fair, that's fair. He's also a cancer survivor, too. That's pretty awesome about Rizzo. He's a good human being. He's a good human being. So is Baby Blue Eyes. I'm going Chris Bryant just because we need the production that Moustakis left off on and Rizzo's regression was a little greater than Bryant's regression, albeit they both had some regression last year, But Rizzo and Rizzo dealt with more injuries last year. But I think I go Bryant. His defense is definitely passable. It's not... It's not great. It's not Nolan Arenado quality, which I would I would just love to have a top three third baseman. It would just get me so horny to see it. Oh. somebody diving on the left side of the line and throwing over. That's my favorite position to watch is third base. Probably I just love the moves over there, even more so than shortstop. But I would go Chris Bryant. I love. I think he'd look good in our new uniforms. I think he'd go, look good in some pictures with Yelich and Braun, you know, outside the stadium. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, I think it would just, those baby blue eyes to go with the baby blue uniforms, uh, if we get some, I, I'd love it. No doubt about it, Chris Bryan is a very sexy man. Yeah. No homo. Hashtag no homo. Um, yeah, I I would rather see Bryant than Rizzo in a brewery uniform. I think third base is going to be a, a, the more difficult position to fill than first base. I think we can work around first base a lot easier. I like Chris Bryant as a player. I, I know Rizzo um, Rizzo puts up a lot more power numbers. True. Um, but Chris Bryant finesses the ball really well at the plate. I think his defense is you know, well above average. Um, and I think it, it it's the better fill, you know, um, to have Chris Bryant. I love the Chris Bryant haircut. I'm sorry, I'm mesmerized. We have a Kanye West playlist today, Kanye yeah. West Wednesday. Thursday. Shoot, it is Thursday. Kanye West Thursday. Anyway, we got flashing lights playing the music video, and the chick's oh, ass yeah. in here is mesmerizing. I cannot. Right, this is this is kind of like spur of the moment, shiny ball type of thing. But I'm throwing this out here to you guys. Big ass. Right. Uh, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo thing. If there was, if so there was hot. a chance that the Brewers can pick up Josh Donaldson, would you guys still want to get Chris Bryant, or would you settle for Donaldson and then go with Rizzo on the other side of the infield? I would love to, yeah. I, that that's it's a not sc- happening. That's a scenario I would like. It sounds like Donaldson wants three or four years, which I wouldn't want to give him. But man, I would love to have him for a year. And hey, I mean, you could put one of those guys at first. But yeah, I think in that scenario, I would go Rizzo as well, because you're gonna get, have to give either Brian or Rizzo a couple years. So in that in that scenario, Seamus, I'm with you. 
And actually, you did make a good point about Anthony Rizzo hitting at Miller Park. It's a hit, hitter's park, and he could just barely touch the ball and send it out of the park. So oh, yeah. he would be a good fit as well. Um, so, yeah, good call on that. But, yeah, I, I would love to see Donaldson. I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. I think this is all wishful thinking. I, I don't think we get either Bryant or Rizzo or Donaldson because we're the Brewers. Yeah. And we just don't we don't sign players like that. It just doesn't. It's not in our. This DNA. is different though. This is David Stearns. He ha- he's a, he hasn't had his. Chance. We did get Moustakis at the trade deadline. Yeah, we got him two years, years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we signed him two years in a row. We went with Grandal last year. That was a huge one. That was a yeah. You're so right. and that we got Yelich. Surprising. We paid eighteen million dollars. We got Kane. For- this is a different regime. Yeah. They made a move every year. Well, let's let's hope. Let's, Let's hope. hope. We're, we're waiting as Brewer fans. We're patiently waiting for them to make no, a I am impatiently waiting, I'll be honest. Yeah, we're all getting a little antsy because we're seeing a lot of all these other big moves happening. But I, in Stearns, we trust he hasn't let us down back to back playoffs. That is what they say, yeah. I started that. Just saying. I don't think he did. I think I did. Seamus okay. thinks I did too. Right. I do think he did. All right, moving on. A little more baseball. Favorite baseball movies, top five. Seamus, go. Love it. Okay. Um, Sandlot, number one. For the Love of the Game. It's a good one. Or Field of Dreams, number two. For the Love of the Game, number three. Bull Durham, number four. Fever uh, Pitch, number five. Oh, I forgot about Bull Durham. Mm. You I did. forgot about the chick flick. And I can even give you my six through ten. No, that's all right. We <laughs> don't give a fuck. <laughs> you all for, I think you forgot about an important one, too. Kyle, go. Okay. Um, not necessarily in this order. I got Little Big League. Okay. Rookie of the Year. Okay. It's a Cubs movie, though. Okay. But well, that's the only reason that Seamus put Henry uh, Rowan Gardner. That was his name. The dude from American Pie when he was a little kid was the, the kid with the fucking rocket arm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Major League, I mean, how can you oh, not geez. have a top five list without Major League? And uh, Her- what was Bob Uecker's character's name in that movie? Harry, Harry Doyle. What, what was it, Seamus? Harry Doyle. Harry oh, yeah. Doyle. Harry Doyle. How could you not? And it was filmed at County Stadium. Yeah. Come on. Um, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield carried me through my childhood from ages eh, 6 to 13. So we have that to blame it on. Yeah, I and it's a Disney movie. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was in there, young Matthew McConaughey. I think I hate your list more. Go on. And uh, Moneyball. Yeah. I know you like that pick, but Moneyball is a phenomenal movie. Okay, okay. That's my list. You had like two good ones on there. Uh, they were all good. <laughs> all right, and now the comprehensive list, which is mine. Uh all right, I'm going to go from five to one. Number five. Man, I can't believe I forgot Bull Durham. I just, there's so many good quotes in that one. So, Fever Pitch is a decent movie, too. I, I think the reason he put, Seamus put Fever Pitch is because it's a Red Sox movie. Chick Flick. Number four. Great film. Number four. I don't know how anybody leaves this off their list. Very underrated, I feel like. 42. Yeah, i never seen it. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that. 42. Ah, so good. It's in my top 10. That's my number 6. Okay. Sure it was. <laughs> it probably was. We didn't ask him for the 6th 10. Number 3, Sandlot. 
Just because it's wonderful in every single way. I hated the Sandlot. Oh, you are ridiculous. I, 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 what I, don't you like about Sand? Just I too just, kitty or? It was boring as fuck, man. I, I don't know. Underrated best scene in that movie. Um, I think this, this is the part that I love. I don't know. It just gives me goosebumps every time I see it is during the fireworks when the Ray Charles God Bless America is playing. Oh, oh, it just gets me every time. Uh, number two, Field of Dreams. Big boner. Number two, Field of Dreams. And number one for me, Moneyball. I think that ever since I saw Moneyball for the first time, there's just, except for the stupid scene with Brad Pitt's daughter. I mean, just leave all that out of it because it's unnecessary, but how is Major League not in your list? It should be in my list, but I'm I'm sticking with my top five. And you know what? Nobody said Mr. 3000. I had it in there until the Bull Durham thing came out. And is I that only... a complimentary pick, it, Mr. 3000? You know, Rest because... in peace, Bernie Mac. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Number one. Died way too soon. It's a Brewers movie. Uh, yeah, it's about the Brewers. And I was actually at the, the filming of it. I was at that game. I'm in the crowd no probably shit. somewhere. Yeah. doesn't. Wow. Not a big thing. I'm not bragging. I'm not a celebrity or nothing. But yeah. I have a good list, everybody. Did you have the Mohawk? No, I think I was like 11. I think it was just pre-Mohawk for me. Wow. That's where you fucked up. Seamus, County Stadium. You would. Movie star. But you know what? Big props. God, we were so lucky to have County Stadium. It was a shithole, but what a a great place to watch baseball. Yes. Oh. I love out, outdoor concept stadiums. I love yep. I love the very open concept in the outfield. It was it was a, a shitstorm of a place though, for sure, and people didn't treat it very well and but that's that was baseball in the eighties for sure. It was a dump, but I loved it. So very good list. Our Pe- dump. What'd you say? I said it, it may have been a dump, but it was our dump. It was our dump. Yes, you're goddamn right. Goddamn right. <laughs> um very good list, everybody. Uh, online people, tell us your list. Top five favorite baseball movies. We'll judge you. Facebook, Five Tool, like it. Facebook, Twitter, Five Tool, all of it. We're going to get Instagram going Spotify, very soon. Instagram, Pornhub, what? what? Pornhub? What? Uh, somebody uh, say... We got a new segment today. <laughs> it's one that Killa Kyle has brought us, brought to the table. And I, I, I'm kind of digging it. It's our first time doing it. So let us know what you think. Player swap. Yeah. Explain it to the people, Killer Kyle. Yeah, so I was uh, brainstorming ideas for our show here. Oh, God, that was a remote. Brainstorming some ideas here for some just some fun topics that we could do. And um, I got to thinking, like, so we have been blessed as Wisconsinites um, to have seen some quality football, baseball, and basketball. But for a lot of our teams, we fell short. Just a scotch. Um, so I wanted to create a list. So I have three categories. And if you had a magic power and could only pick one of these scenarios, which would it be? So if we go to the Packers, we have, I picked the 1995 version of Brett Favre. MVP that year, 38 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, over 4,400 yards. He was the MVP that year. But they lost in the NFC Championship game. Then we have the 2011 Aaron Rodgers. 45 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, over 4,600 yards. He was also MVP. And that was his best statistical year of, I mean, all time. It was just an amazing year there, 15-1. and one, But they fell short. They were one and done in the playoffs. They lost to Kaepernick in the playoffs, right? That was 2012. They lost to the Giants this year. Oh, okay. 
um, the Giants came to Lambeau and upset Green Bay. So, if you could swap the 95 Favre and 2011 Rodgers, would you do that? I also have for the Brewers the 20, 2008 version of Prince Fielder and the 2018 version of Christian Yelich. That's before last year. Um, Fielder had 34 home runs, 102 RBIs, 276 batting average, 2008. In 2018, Yelich had 36 home runs, 110 RBIs, a 326 average. And then I took the Bucks. 2001 Bucks team was one to remember um, for our generation. Ray Allen averaged 22 points a game, almost five assists, a little over five rebounds, one and a half steals. But they fell short in the Eastern Conference Finals. Last year's Giannis, MVP, 27.7 points per game. 10 rebounds, he averaged a double-double, 5.9 assists, and just under 1.5 steals per game. So let's start with the, the Favre-Rodgers um, scenario. So in 95, they lost to the Cowboys. Cowboys went on to winning the Super Bowl. 2011. They lost to the Giants, who won the Super Bowl as well. Okay. So that one, that one is interesting. Because um, pretty much Rodgers had better numbers that entire year. But Brett, so my debate is, if you took the 2011 Rodgers and put him on the 95 Packers team instead of Brett Favre, no. I think they have a better chance of winning or even getting to the Super Bowl. I don't think so. That was the beginning of Favre's prime, or that was the height of his prime, those three years is back-to-back-to-back MVP seasons, and he, he was just absolutely incredible. And I still don't think, even if you put Aaron Rodgers on that team, that they beat the Cowboys. I don't know what the numbers were in that game, whether or not interceptions were a factor, but I don't, I don't see you putting Aaron Rodgers on that team and winning it. It's a tough call. It's something to ponder. I think you put Aaron Rodgers on the 97 Packers, they beat the Broncos. Absolutely. I think you play that game nine times out of ten, the Packers beat the Broncos. I think you put Aaron Rodgers on the 98 Packers, too, and they beat San Francisco in that wild card game. And Mike Holmgren stays a little longer. Yeah, as perhaps. Um, Seamus, you got any thoughts on the Favre-Rodgers switch? Um... My thought on this is, and I will admit this is a little bit more difficult for me. I'm uh, I'm more of a left brain thinker than this creativity. But that being said, that '95 team, there was what what made that special was the players that were on that team at that time. You put in Rodgers, you're going to have a different... I, I, I look at this, you know, left brain. The personalities were such that, that that's what made that team as successful as it was that year. I don't swap... I, I wouldn't swap the players. And that one, I agree. I would not swap. What about you, Killer Kyle? Oh, I would, I would do it just because I would rather see what the option would be. We, both those players lost in the playoffs um, to games that they could have easily won. Um, so I would like to see the opportunity of the other quarterback to see what could have happened. I would I would do that in a heartbeat. In that particular scenario, I keep it the way it is, personally. So then we're going to move on. That's to the, fair. That's what we're here for. That's right? what we're here for. I, I'm liking this, and I'm, I'm enjoying the, the discussion on it. So the 20, so your, your next proposal was the 2018, or 2008 Prince Fielder to 2018 Christian Yelich. Now, I think if you put Christian Yelich on the Brewers in 2008, granted they played different positions, so I'd say you saw an outfielder for 
Oh, Jets got a touchdown. J-E-T-S, yeah. Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, I think if you put Christian Yelich on the 08 Brewers, I think they're a better team. I do. Because Shamus. I think I think you put an MVP Christian Yelich on any team, and they're better. What do you think, Seamus? I will say that I, I do agree with that, but at the same time, this is kind of going back to the Packers um, scenario. You know, that was the start of the golden age of of current Brewers baseball. I mean, you had Corey Hart, Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, J.J. Hardy, Major. Ricky Weeks, Billy Hall. That That was a special group. And that team is not that team if that group isn't together. But think of Yelich with those guys. Like, oh, he... I know. I, I, like I said, I, I agree that any team that Yelich is on, regardless of when it is, especially MVP Yelich, is going to make that team better. But I, I don't know if you put him in and substitute him and take Prince Fielder out because Prince Fielder being a part of that group of six that I mentioned, that's. That's why the season was the way it was because those six guys played together start to finish. We haven't we haven't even talked about what Prince Fielder would bring to that 2018 Brewer team that almost beat the Dodgers in seven games. I think that's to me that's a much more attractive addition. I agree, but then you're subtracting Yelich. Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, I I think if you. If you take Yalich out and put Fielder in, I think they they have a, a, a better chance of getting to the World Series because Yalich did not play at an MVP level during that seven-game stretch. True, and there's no way Prince Fielder wouldn't have. That's actually an interesting point because at first that was the easy part to me. is like, no way I would trade that. But you could put uh, in 2018 Domingo Santana. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't have been great. He's kind of a replacement-level player that year. But you add Prince Fielder and the fucking mojo he brought? You know what you're getting with Prince well, and Fielder. And also in 20, the 2018 year, I believe Keon was still on the team too. And he yes, was he robbing was. home runs like a mud. Thank God he's back. I, I hope he, I hope he does well. I don't think he's gonna. we're going to see him we got two minutes, until guys. August. we got two minutes. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, Keon Broxton's defensive skills are very, very good. We get to the Bucks here. I think it's... This is a no-brainer. If you put Giannis on the 2001 Bucks team, they win. We go to the finals. They at least. win. They go up against. They that. If you have Giannis against Shaq, oh, it's a oh. dream scenario. <laughs> Talk about big dick energy over here. Jeez. Like, I mean, yeah. And even Ray Allen last year. If you put 2001 Ray Allen on. Kawhi Leonard last year. That's a really sexy match. Oh yes. You know what? Actually I'd take both of those on and, the Bucks one. Yeah, I, I like I like the chances for the Bucks both those years if you swap players. It's it's just a really interesting thought. Yeah. It's if, a it's a thought experiment. And we've had and we're also blessed because we've had some great generational talent um in in Milwaukee and in Green Bay with Farvin Rogers, of course. So so, Good stuff. I, all right, what about one more? What if you take Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and put him in Dances with Wolves instead of Kevin Costner? Fuck no. Yeah, probably not in that one. You put Leo in Dance? Yeah. I think he'd, he'd stand up. I think he'd still win Oscars, but I... I think you put Kevin Hart in Mr. 3000 and replace... 
Bernie Mac with Kevin Hart. Hey, I'm with that. That would be bad it'd be, ass. it'd be funny to see the short little guy, the catcher, would be taller than him on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> or you put The Rock in any movie and it makes it better. All right. We're going to do, we're going to see, we're going to try this one out maybe. Let us know what you think of the new segment. Let us know what you think of the show. Like, share, subscribe, review. Tell your mama, tell your papa, tell your baby, tell your llama. All right. Five tool. Out. Send nudes, send money.